Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another very special bonus holiday episode of the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. I'm Ryan Wolt, and this is the show where I bring you the stories of coffee people. I recently checked in with my coffee sensei and frequent coffee smarter guest, Chris O'Brien of Coffee Cycle Roasting. He's kindly rejoined the show to talk about the ever-evolving job of running a coffee shop and why he decided to put out Coffee Cycle Roasting's very first blended batch of coffee beans for the holidays. You'll find those beans on coffeecycleroasting.com. If this intro sounds a little bit different than normal, it is because I'm not at home podcasting in the closet. I really am on holiday. I'm holed up in a Colorado mountain town while some really nasty wind and cold weather rages outside. So you might hear that along with the passing snowplows. Luckily for me, there's a fireplace here and plenty of coffee for me to drink. Shout out to Copeka Coffee and Cygnus Coffee Bus in Grand Junction, Colorado, and The Grind in Cedar City, Utah, for making my travels here much more pleasant by offering up some great coffee vibes. You can see some of those spots on the at Roast West Coast Instagram account. Right now, I'm brewing a mini French press of Coffee Cycle's holiday blend to sip while working on a puzzle next to the fireplace. And I hope that you're in your cozy, happy place, enjoying a comforting cup of coffee today while you listen to this conversation with Coffee Cycle's Chris O'Brien on the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. Chris, Mr. Chris O'Brien, welcome back to the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. Thank you for popping in today. It's always a true pleasure to see you. And during the holiday season, like we are in now, I am especially filled with feelings of warmth and joy, things that come to me with a cup of hot coffee filled with peppermint schnapps or peppermint mocha or whatever it is you're putting in the coffees over there. Welcome. I'm putting dreams and happiness in them. uh, And I think it's a nice compliment (laughs) to the rich, bold flavor of the coffee. I don't recommend anyone listening to be putting peppermint schnapps in their coffee every morning. Not no mornings, just not every morning. I only do it on days that end in Y or when the wind is blowing. Sure, perfect. Chris, you've been on this show a bunch of times. I'm going to link to all those you know, other shows where we've kind of gone through your story and stuff. I just called to check in today with what's going on at Coffee Cycle, kind of see what we can learn about the ever-evolving job of owning a coffee shop and a coffee roastery now. Recently, your longtime shop manager, Jenny Strignati, decided that she wanted to take on a new challenge. And she, you know, she left to do something new, very supportive, and you've been very supportive of her and, and what she's doing. Uh, but she was in your store as the manager for years and years and kind of beloved by, say, 98% of the customers. <laughs> I don't want to disrespect that 2%, but let's just say, you know, most of them. How have things changed losing a manager or transitioning away from somebody that you've put trust in for so long? And how have you had to adapt? You know, I, I'm, I'm so happy to be talking about this because, you know, just in general, not about Jenny in specific, but because, you know, uh, she's, she's so amazing. But this is something I'm really passionate about. It was honestly the best piece of business advice I ever got. Um, that, that this question kind of speaks to. And that was from a friend of mine who owned a bike shop. And he said, 
And this has been said by other people in sort of different ways, but he said, don't trust the person, trust the system. And so, you know, it was very scary to have Jenny leave us. And like you said, you know, full support and she's amazing. And, and I just saw her the other day and she's doing great. But, you know, sort of the, the question of, are the systems that I put in place at the beginning still functioning? Are the systems that we've developed together while she was managing still systems that somebody else could get kind of slotted in and out of? And that's not to take away from any individual talent that someone might bring. But, you know, I think now I'm, that I'm on the other side of this big transition, because you're right, it was a very big deal for, for me as a business owner. I can say confidently that, yeah, I think we did really well with making those systems in a way that let us transition. Was it super easy? Do I miss her? Did I miss her? Of course, you know, like, like those questions are, are, you know, legitimate questions. But I'm really happy with how things have gone. We have a new manager that stepped in. I'm super proud of the approach I tried to take as far as my attitude, which was, okay, this is happening. One attitude are my systems good? Let's, let's, let's make sure that this is working. Okay. And, and I, I stepped in as a interim manager to sort of evaluate that and to help with the transition, of course. And yes, they did work out. And then two, can I use this time of change to update, renew, redo anything? And so, you know, Change does happen. Change happens in life. Change happens in business. But we were able to kind of trust those systems and things worked out pretty well. And we got some new new updating to the shop and to how things are done. We got some new um, documentation for all the staff to keep things, you know, standard operating procedures, nice and nice and systemized from the top to the bottom. And, you know, just always working to improve. Very cool. Yeah, systems... Um... Train your people, but also trust in the systems that you've built and then constantly be recalibrating. You know, that's kind of the, you know, you're a small independent shop, but when you think about bigger cafes or restaurants for that matter, franchisees, like they use those first shops to build those systems, which then can be replicated over and over and over again. And even though they may not be perfect, they provide a foundation for the team, for the people to work with as a roastery, you guys just released your first blended coffee, your first holiday blend. It is the holidays. You and I are talking right now just a couple of days before Christmas. Why do a blend? What is this holiday blend a blend of? If I keep saying blend so many times, that word is going to lose its meaning, I think. But uh, you get the point. Why, why do it? What is it? And um, why are you uh, pushing it this holiday? Well, you know, blends are foundational for coffee businesses for a long time. In a lot of ways, before we were able to source coffees that were so special and so unique, the way a shop would sort of make their mark with the coffee itself was by blending, saying, okay, if everybody can get a generic Guatemala, a generic Brazil, and a generic, you know, Ethiopia, how can I as a roaster and a shop owner, you know, make my shop special with just the black coffee, uh, make people want it to come back. And so, you know, when we're talking with customers, we still see the, the sort of remnants of this, this established lexicon that people would use to talk about coffee with their, with their coffee providers. Oh, you know, like cause we, we've been serving all single origins from usually just specific farms, or at least, you know, farming groups for five years now. And 
over the course of those five years, I'd say one out of every 10 customers that comes in, rather than saying, you know, uh, which coffee do you recommend today? If they're asking me that question, we'll say, oh, which blend do you recommend? Because that's so ingrained now in our psyche as coffee consumers to identify a blend with a shop's identity. So, you know, usually we just kind of breeze over that and assume when they say blend that they're talking origin. But this blend in particular is a blend of a Guatemala, uh, Colombia, and an Indonesian coffee from the island of Sumatra. And the reason we wanted to do a blend is because during the holiday time, people are wanting to give coffee as a gift. And because we try to take our appreciation of coffee to such a deep level that we find all these nuances that can be somewhat divisive um, or polarizing, maybe is a better way to put it. It can be a bit more challenging to figure out what coffee to recommend people to give as a gift. Or you're like, well, you could get this, this, or this, depending on whether they're this kind of person, that kind of person, whether you think they like this, did you ever see them eat this in front of you? You know, it's like, it can get kind of complicated and gift giving I mean, I love to give gifts. That's that's one of my love languages, if, if, if that's a thing. But I really love to give gifts. I love to give things to people. And and it can be hard and stressful when it has this sort of obligation over it. And, you know, holiday gift giving is kind of a complicated topic when you think about it that way and the stresses it can engender. And I certainly don't want anyone listening to the show to feel, you know, like they have to give gifts this season if they're not so inclined. But if you are giving gifts and if you think coffee is a good gift, because I also think coffee is a good gift, we wanted to simplify that for people. And so in the in the uh, pursuit of simplifying that for people, we decided to make a blend that would one, appeal to a wide variety of coffee consumers and two, would have a flavor profile that would hopefully evoke some of those kind of seasonal flavors. You know, when we write tasting notes on the side of a bag, not that we actually write those tasting notes on the side of our, our tins at our shop, but in general, as coffee roasters, when we're writing tasting notes for a coffee, you know, we're trying to do our best to sort of give you an idea of what it might remind you of, what tastes are sort of in there. Obviously, it all tastes like coffee, but coffee has a fair variety of flavor. It's pretty understatement. But this coffee, you know, we wanted it to taste chocolatey because chocolates and sweets are, you know, a big part of a lot of people's holiday celebrations. We wanted it to have some sort of spice notes. There's a lot of spiced holiday beverages that we consume around this time of year, you know, spiced ciders, eggnogs, that kind of thing. And then we wanted it to appeal to, you know, that wider variety of customers Someone who would drink a darker roast that had less complexity, less acidity, less fruit notes, but also appeal to someone who likes those lighter coffees and, and fruit notes. And, you know, ultimately, it's kind of an impossible task, right? But we did the best we could, and we're really happy with the results. So that's a really nice Guatemala, really nice Colombia, really nice Indonesia. You're threading a needle there, trying to find something that appeals to people on all ends of the spectrum. Not entirely possible. What I'm hearing is two things. One is that by creating a blend or choosing to do a blend, you can somewhat tailor what you want the taste profile to be based on the beans you're choosing. And then as you're coming up with the blend, you can tweak it, you know, a little bit more Indonesia, a little bit more Guatemala, you know, to get more of whatever those profiles are, which is kind of cool. And second is that you are a single origin coffee psychotic and you're just making something for the rest of us to enjoy 
<laughs> it might surprise you. You mentioned uh, spice drinks, but I tasted eggnog for the very first time in maybe 25 years this week. Okay. Was it homemade eggnog or store-bought eggnog? Uh, it was Trader Joe's eggnog. Okay. Um, not for me. Yeah. It, there's there's a big difference between the two. Wait, wait, wait. Let me let me say that again. I'm going to have to edit that. It was a eggnog that rhymes with Schmader hose. No, I can't say that either. Uh, it was an eggnog that rhymes with Bader Mose. There you go. Got it. Well, while you were wearing your lederhosen and drinking eggnog, <laughs> I had the thought to share with you that I can make a really tasty homemade eggnog. And uh, one day if I whip up a batch and you're in, in the neighborhood, I'll, I'll let you sample it and you can spit it out in front of me if you, if you don't like it. But uh, it's definitely a little bit different. And that was that was my eye-opening moment for eggnog where, where I sort of came to fall in love with it was, uh, was someone... Someone gifted me a glass bottle of their homemade eggnog, and I just couldn't even believe it. I thought, "Wow, this is dessert that I get to drink. This is this is just great." So, yeah, not for everybody though, for sure. We don't serve eggnog lattes in the shop because I would just drink all the eggnog, and it sounds awful. Steaming eggnog sounds terrible, and if you steam it extra hot, because some people ask for eggnog lattes extra hot. I've, I've worked at shops that served it; it just turns into scrambled eggs. It's it's pretty gross. So you, you don't want that. Eggnog lattes, not not really a big fan. I'd rather put rum and whiskey in there. That whole thing just did not sell the eggnog to me. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I only have one last question for you today. I know you, you got a busy day, and I appreciate you popping in just to check into the show. And that is, this show is going to come out you know, just a, a day or two before New Year's Eve. Uh, have you thought about making any New Year's resolutions for Coffee Cycle that you can share or for yourself, you know, for what's coming up with, with your business? You know, I don't think there's anything that jumps to mind. I'd say that this new year is either going to be, you know, the culmination of a lot of what we've done or else, like it always is in business, we're going to pivot hard and, and figure out what's what's next. Oh, actually, no, there is there is something to share. Absolutely. There's big news with Coffee Cycle that I would love to share for the new year, which is Coffee Cycle Outpost. Around town, you might be seeing Coffee Cycle Outpost popping up. It is basically a very minimalist presentation of some of the coffee we provide at Coffee Cycle. It'll have some exclusive coffee available uh, if you do see the Outpost. The Outpost will be available in front of the REI uh, in Kearney Mesa on the first weekend of every month. Um, and we're hoping to add a lot more dates soon and possibly some other events coming up. So I have some pretty awesome people that are going to be working with me on that and really excited to share it with you. It's just going to have some incredible hot coffees and iced coffees, some homemade vanillas and chocolates and that exclusive Guatemala, uh, exclusive Guatemala coffee to begin with. And, uh, perhaps some exclusive blends down the line or other single origins, but yeah, there should be some pretty special special coffees being available there, and hopefully we'll be all over San Diego with that thing pretty soon. Well, my my New Year's resolution was to spend more time with you, so I'm already getting a jump start on it, Chris. Oh, oh my heart. <laughs> but not with you and eggnog, just you. Thank you for coming back on the show, for checking in. I hope you have a great holiday. I know that I will, because I'll be drinking Holiday Blend. I'm going to take some more. Hell yeah. Thanks, man. 
Okay, to recap, one key piece of advice for running your business as relayed by Chris is to put your trust in systems, meaning create systems in your business that are sustainable regardless of who is entrusted to perform them. Some employees may be superstars and some may be less committed, but if the right system is in place, the work will be accomplished. Then when you face a big transition, like Chris did when his longtime manager left to pursue other opportunities, you have a chance to update and even improve on those systems. I'll add that as a former restaurant runner, systems are foundational, but are also always evolving as the business changes, grows, or contracts. I was surprised that Chris decided to try his hand at roasting a coffee blend. It is definitely a departure from his loyalty to the single origins in his shop and that he roasts. Coffee blends, which occur when a roaster combines coffee beans from multiple origins, give a roaster an opportunity to be creative with their roasts. It also enables them to develop flavors that a single available bean may not offer, including ones that offer a wider appeal. In a previous conversation with Moster Coffee's Director of Roasting Operations, Ryan Sullivan, he also touted the blend as a way that a roaster can create long-term flavor consistency. Coffee is ever-evolving, and beans from the same origin won't necessarily taste the same year after year. The flavor notes are impacted by the changes in weather and climate, not to mention agricultural or processing changes. By creating a flavor profile in a blend, a roaster can modify the ratio of beans or source similar beans to create that flavor, growing season after growing season. Coffee Cycles Holiday Blend features beans from Guatemala, Colombia, and the Indonesian island of Sumatra. I can vouch that it is rich in flavor, slightly spicy, and sure to appeal to most coffee lovers. I won't add any more of my own tasting notes here because Chris mentioned that at Coffee Cycle, they don't add those notes to the side of their coffee tins. I know from our previous conversations that this is because Chris doesn't want to create expectations or alter the perception of that coffee for those of us who are drinking it. Would you taste blueberry if it wasn't on the side of the package? Or would you taste something else entirely? There are so many potential flavor notes in a coffee that breaking it down to just a few may be entirely too narrow a window of taste perception. Me, on the other hand, I love tasting notes. I try not to look at them up front, unless I'm looking for something specific. But after I've tried the coffee, I like casually comparing my thoughts to those provided by the roaster. Creating that personal database of flavor is one way that I am learning to profile coffees. If you do buy coffee from Coffee Cycle, you can always find the flavor notes online at coffeecycleroasting.com or just stop by the shop and ask one of the baristas. Coffee Cycle's baristas are some of the best I've ever been around. And finally today, eggnog lattes. Avoid. I want to thank Chris for rejoining me on the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast and remind you that Chris will be featured as the coffee expert on the new edition of the Coffee Smarter Podcast, which is dedicated to helping listeners improve their at-home coffee experience. The first season focuses on home coffee brewers, and the very first episode is all about extraction. The first episode of the Coffee Smarter Podcast will be released Wednesday, January 4th, 2023, but you can follow the show on Spotify now. Search for Coffee Smarter and hit the follow button so you don't miss it. I really appreciate that out there, on the other side of this thin window separating me from the winter storm, bringing negative temperatures, that you're out there somewhere listening, enjoying, and sharing this show. So thank you and happy holidays. And if you want me to send the podcast to your email, along with all of the bonus coffee content that comes with the newsletter, enter your email on roastwestcoast.com. You can choose which shows and columns you want to receive. 
I always thank my industry partners at the end of every show. But before I do that today, I want to shout out show sponsor and former guest Aaron Harper, the co-owner of Old Cal Coffee in San Marcos and the founder and head roaster of Ascend Coffee Roasters. She has purchased the entirety of the Old Cal Coffee Cafe from her business partners. Old Cal Coffee will soon become Ascend Coffee House, the new flagship for the roastery, which is also working on a second location in the nearby town of Vista. Along with the new look, Ascend Coffee House will feature a new menu and new coffee offerings. The grand opening, or reopening, of Ascend Coffee will tentatively occur in late January, January 20th if all goes well, and it will include a ribbon cutting, tastings, and a coffee education session that I will definitely be dropping into, if for no other reason than to provide some moral support for all of you who, like me, are learning coffee as we go. Congrats to Aaron and the Ascend Roasters team. Be sure to check out AscendRoasters.com and follow at Ascend Coffee Roasters on Instagram to stay up to date on all of the launch details. A happy holidays to all of the Roast West Coast industry partners, Cafe La Terre, Moster Coffee Company, Steady State Coffee Roasting. They're working on an expansion of their Carlsbad Cafe space, which looks awesome. Camp Coffee Company, Coffee Cycle Roasting, the aforementioned Ascend Coffee Roasters, Ignite Coffee Company, who are also getting ready for their grand opening in January, Marea Coffee, Cape Horn Coffee Importers, and Zumbar Coffee and Tea. I ask you, with so many inspiring partners, how can I not be stoked for Season 7 of this podcast? I've added links to those partners in the show notes, in every newsletter post, and even on the front page of RoastWestCoast.com. If you're looking for an indie business to support, put them at the top of your list. Thank you to everyone for listening and supporting this show. This episode of the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast is, was, has been written, produced, and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. I hope this episode has found you happy, healthy, and with at least enough sanity to make it through the day. Always tip your baristas, be sure to drink good coffee, and I'll see you in 2023. out well i think did you know that this podcast is a listener and reader supported creative effort it's true there are a bunch of crazy cool people who subscribe to the paid version of the newsletter at roastwestcoast.com so if you've been enjoying this episode or the 130 or so that came before it please consider subscribing this podcast and the coffee smarter podcast are always free but we really appreciate the support that comes every time a new name shows up on that subscriber role. Thanks for checking us out. And again, that's roastwestcoast.com.